Hello everybody, uh, my name is Ashley Toomey and I'm the Policy and Advocacy Manager for the Rainbow Project in Northern Ireland. As part of Belfast Pride and Pride Season, uh, we're holding a series of conversations and today I'm delighted to be joined by Mary Kitson, who okay. is the Senior Legal Officer here at the Equality Commission. And we're going to have a quick discussion about some of the issues and maybe some of the queries and some of the frequently asked questions we get about what the Equality Commission can do, uh, what kind of steps they can take for you, what kind of delivery in terms of legal cases they can take for you. Uh, but overall, just to have a chat about the organisation uh, and the support that's available for the LGBTQI community. So Mary, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Ashley. How long have you worked with the Equality Commission? Oh dear. Um, well, I joined the Fair Employment Commission in 1993 and then we became the Equality Commission. So a very long standing member of, of the team in the Equality Commission. And uh, I love what I do. And it's a great feeling to be able to represent people who feel they've been discriminated against and to help them navigate their way through uh, their issues, their rights, and to obtain a sense of justice for themselves. So Mary, tell me what equality rights are available for the LGBTQ community? There are quite significant rights available for the LGBTQ community in Northern Ireland. Since, since 2003, there is protection uh, against discrimination in employment. And then in 2006, some new rights were introduced in relation to discrimination on grounds of sexual orientation in the provision of goods, facilities and services. So Mary, if I have perceived myself to be discriminated against in the workplace or when I'm accessing services like going to the health centre, for example, how can the Equality Commission help me? Well, the Equality Commission really wants to help people who have experienced discrimination and all you have to do is to either send us an email or pick up the phone and we can talk to you about your rights. We offer a free and confidential service. Anyone can ring us, mm -hmm. either the person themselves that has been subjected to the discrimination or perhaps a family member or an advice worker or a trade union representative. We're here to listen to people who have experienced discrimination and to try and explain to them what the law is and what their options are. Our whole approach to this area of work is to try and resolve issues in dispute. Mm. Sometimes people think when they contact a, a legal department that they're drawn into a case and litigation and they lose control of their complaint. Mm. Uh, far from it, what we say to people is, pick up the phone, talk to us, we'll explain our options, or sorry, we'll explain to them their options mm. about what they want to do and what they can do and leave it to them to decide what's the best course of action that suits them. We try to encourage people to resolve matters themselves, uh, to raise the issue with their employer or with their service provider. Sometimes that works for people mm -hmm. and, and they're happy with that outcome. 
other people will say, I don't want to do that. I don't feel comfortable mm -hmm. with doing that. I would rather go further with yourselves and seeking your help and support. Mm -hmm. So we're very much led by the individual's experience. And I think that's really, really important, Mary, because a lot of people will have that fear mm -hmm. or that perceived fear that if they come and talk to the Equality mm -hmm. Commission, that you will almost take over the case, mm -hmm. that you will proceed mm -hmm. without their say so. Mm -hmm. There's that fear about, you know, if you complain about your employer. Mm. I mean, you know, can somebody phone up maybe um, and just talk about things in a hypothetical sense, maybe perhaps not use their real name mm. or maybe the name of their employer? Are they able to just call up and ask for that support and then obviously based on that conversation, mm. maybe take it further? Yes, very much. Anyone can ring the Commission. They don't have to give their name. They don't have to give the name of the employer or the service provider that they're having an issue with. It's really up to them and we'll be led by them and respect their wishes. Mm -hmm. We're there to try and help them and to help them to make the best decisions for them. So, for example, since 2003, just under 1,100 people have contacted the Commission mm -hmm. to raise a concern about sexual orientation discrimination. But of those, only 223 have actually applied for assistance to the Commission mm -hmm. and have said they want to go further. Mm -hmm. So you'll see that at least 750 odd people, if my maths is correct, <laughs> have said, look, I'm happy to listen to that advice, to talk through my issues, but I don't want to go mm -hmm. any further. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely fine. That conversation, that call will remain confidential between the person and the commission. No one else will know about that call. Say the Equality Commission are contacted by a member of the LGBTQ community uh, and they've raised a really significant issue about their employer or mm. perhaps their landlord. Mm. Would you ever seek to engage with that other party, such as an employer, without that person's consent, without the sort of complaining party's mm -hmm. consent? The Commission always relies on the consent of the person who's seeking our advice and support. We would never contact an employer or a service provider unless we have the consent of that individual. Mm -hmm. So it's very important that we don't take any action mm -hmm. without the person being happy, confident and comfortable with us doing that. Uh, and what do people need to do before picking up the phone to the Equality Commission? Is there anything that they, any steps they need to take beforehand? People can come to us at any stage and we would encourage someone to come to us as soon as possible after um, they have suffered discrimination or they think that they've suffered discrimination or they're unhappy about something that's happened to them. And the reason why I would encourage early contact with the Commission is that there are some strict legal time limits mm -hmm. within which a person must take a case. So rather than be left uh, out of time or rushing at the last minute, please pick up the phone send us an email, contact us, whatever way you're comfortable with, as soon as possible. That'll allow us to give you the best information, the best guidance, and for you to make the decisions that are right for you. So it's really important if you perceive yourself to mm. have experienced discrimination, just to simply pick up the phone mm. to the Equality Commission and have a conversation. It may be that nothing will come from it, mm. but there may be steps and advice that you'll be able to provide that person
person going forward. So like you said in an earlier answer, you may be able to resolve the issue quite quickly. Yes. Uh, but there may be those situations where you may have to take things mm -hmm. a little bit further. So what's actually involved with taking a case, say a discrimination case against an employer? Mm -hmm. What what does the Equality Commission do? Mm -hmm. You know, what are the steps that put in place so you know, somebody has phoned up, they've made quite a serious accusation of discrimination mm -hmm. in the workplace. What's the sort of next step for for that person uh, becoming involved with you going okay. forward? Yeah. Sometimes people think that it's actually the Equality Commission that decide whether someone has suffered discrimination or not. And we're very clear that only the industrial tribunal or the county court for services cases, only they decide whether actual discrimination has taken place. Mm -hmm. What the Equality Commission can do is help and support people to take their cases. Mm -hmm. So for an employment case, that goes to the Industrial Tribunal in Belfast. Mm -hmm. There are three month time limits from the act of discrimination to take the case to the tribunal. Mm -hmm. The Commission will help the person and guide them as to how they complete the application mm -hmm. form to the tribunal. The application to the tribunal is free of charge and um, it is completed in the person's own language and there are a lot of questions on the form that the person has to answer. Mm -hmm. But it's very important that they take their time to do that correctly because that's the first document that starts off your legal case. Mm -hmm. uh, that form is sent by the individual to the tribunal offices in Belfast. Mm -hmm. They can um, complete it online and submit it to the tribunal. And when the tribunal receives that form, they read it and then they send it to the employer. Mm -hmm. So when someone starts a, a case with the tribunal, it's important they know that the tribunal will send that form to the employer. Mm -hmm. So it's not a secret, mm -hmm. it's not something that's confidential at that stage. When you take a case in the tribunal, the tribunal send the form to the employer. Mm -hmm. Then the employer completes a form, a response form, which they answer what the person has, has said mm -hmm. in their application to the tribunal and they explain their reasons why they behaved in the way they did. Once a person then has the application to the tribunal, the response form from the employer, then the commission will look at the case, we'll look at what the individual said, we'll look at what the employer said, we'll ask the individual for their comments on what the employer said, and then the commission will decide whether to grant assistance to that case. Mm. And by assistance, I mean that we would become their legal representative. Mm -hmm. We would represent them in the tribunal or in the county court, uh, like a solicitor would do mm -hmm. in private practice. We would represent them and help them to bring their case to the tribunal or to the county court. And again, another question following on from that, for a lot of people, especially from the LGBT community, um, there are money issues, mm -hmm. uh, there can be employment issues. So could a person still uh, take a case forward if they're still in employment with that employer? Yes, very much. That would be the vast majority of people mm -hmm. would be complaining about um, their current mm -hmm. employer. Uh, and they can do that at any stage. Unlike unfair dismissal cases where you have to be employed with some with an employer for a year before you could take an unfair dismissal case generally. 
in sexual orientation discrimination cases, you can take a case whether you were applying for a job with an employer, whether you're in that employment and something happens to you, or whether you're dismissed from that employment. Some, from very day one in employment, you can take a case of discrimination against the employer. So you're covered from day one in day terms one. of protections and equality law. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, a lot of fears that would be for people to come forward and report mm -hmm. issues in terms of discrimination mm -hmm. or harassment in mm -hmm. the workplace is that they're worried they're going to be penalised for doing it. Mm -hmm. So would an employer, like would an employee uh, be subject to disciplinary or say they had invited maybe mm -hmm. other staff members in mm -hmm. who had witnessed the incident mm -hmm. to come forward and be involved in the case, are they subject to dismissal uh, or uh, reprimand from their employer by, by entering into a tribunal process? The law again is very strong at this point. It protects individuals and witnesses against victimisation. Mm -hmm. So if you bring a case or complain about sexual orientation discrimination or you're a witness for a person who has suffered discrimination, an employer is forbidden from treating you less favourably because you raised a complaint or because you were a witness and it's very, very strong protection against victimisation because the whole uh, policy is to encourage people to bring cases mm -hmm. to make sure their rights are protected so it's very important that people feel safe to do that mm -hmm. and that's why there are specific laws that protect against what we call victimization and i think that's such a key point is that for a large percentage of the lgbt community when it comes to issues of, of discrimination or harassment or hate crime, mm -hmm. there's this massive level of underreporting because of the real or perceived fear mm -hmm. of being reprimanded mm -hmm. in some way by you know, suffering in your workplace mm -hmm. if you talk about issues mm -hmm. or even if the fact that a lot of the people who are in employment are not mm -hmm. open mm -hmm. with their, employment, uh, their employers or their colleagues mm -hmm. because they feel that it would have a detrimental impact on their career mm -hmm. going forward. Mm -hmm. So it's really good to hear that from the moment you step mm -hmm. into a job or even before you apply for that job, mm -hmm. you, can, you can and mm -hmm. are protected by law here in Northern Ireland. In terms of costs, Mary, and, and, and that's another issue, mm -hmm. you know, legal fees are mm -hmm. really, really expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you've talked about the Equality Commission, if they take on a case, mm -hmm. they start to represent that mm -hmm. person in court. Are there fees? How is that covered mm -hmm. you know, for, for people who would choose to, to proceed with a case? If a person is um, assisted by the Commission in bringing a case, we are responsible for all their legal costs. Mm -hmm. So we will pay for a barrister to represent them at tribunal. We will pay for, for example, medical reports or any expert reports that are required. Um, so in a tribunal, if you win your case, uh, the person is responsible for their costs and we will pay those costs. Mm. Equally in a tribunal, if you lose your case, you don't have to pay the employer's costs. Mm. Each, each side pairs their own costs. In the county court, uh, where goods, facilities and services cases are heard, so for example, discrimination in shops, mm -hmm. hotels, health, health centres, for example, uh, or by landlords, if you win your case in the county court, mm -hmm. then the defendant, the um, person that you're taking a case against, they will have to pay your costs. Mm -hmm. If you lose in the county court, 
then you have to pay the defendant's costs mm -hmm. and in those circumstances the commission would pay for your costs. So you're very much protected in terms of costs mm -hmm. once you receive assistance from the commission. That's, that's great to know because a lot of people again when we talk about mm -hmm. underreporting is the fear, mm -hmm. is those legal fees and being hit mm -hmm. with you know, we hear the press stories all the mm -hmm. time of thousands of pounds mm -hmm. being spent in, in court cases. So a lot of people would have those fears. Tell me a little bit, Mary, about some of the cases um, that the Equality Commission have taken to support people from the LGBTQ community. Well, um, as I say, over the years, we have, since 2003, had responsibility for supporting individuals in employment and then from 2006, in the provision of goods, facilities and services. I'd have to say the vast majority of cases settle. So since 2003, we have uh, secured 27 settlements of sexual orientation cases that uh, have resulted in compensation of just over £177,000 to people who have been subjected to discrimination. In that same period, we have had four decisions mm -hmm. so it gives you a sense that most cases actually don't run that hearing mm -hmm. most cases settle uh, before um, their their uh, reach reach court um, obviously people will have heard very much of the Gareth Lee case mm -hmm. um, I'm looking here at the backdrop <laughs> to this and we have a, a photograph of Alva Moore mm -hmm. in the background here who's a transgender woman who was discriminated against when she went for a job in Debenham's uh, uh, store and that case settled and Alva received £9,000 uh, compensation mm -hmm. We have assisted people who have been subjected to harassment mm -hmm. and I'd have to say harassment constitutes 33% mm -hmm. of the cases that come to us. So that's the biggest area of discrimination experienced by um, LGBTQ people in Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's uh, uh, really important that we have assisted some of those cases and I suppose one of my strongest personal memories of, is of dealing with a, a, a very young man who worked in a bar and he was subjected to homophobic harassment when he worked in the bar. Um, he uh, wasn't open about his sexual orientation at mm -hmm. that stage and uh, after several months of working in the bar he took the confidence to confide in a person that he was very friendly with to say you know that he was gay mm -hmm. and that person whipped and cheered and told him that the staff had had a bet amongst themselves yeah. whether he was gay or not and they'd all put money in a glass and because uh, our person had come out to that person as gay he then won. he won the bet and that struck me as a, such a humiliating mm -hmm. experience for that young man and I remember meeting him for the first time and he sat with his father and told me about what happened to him and it, the emotion was so raw mm -hmm. in listening to his story and to feel that he had experienced that as a very young person um, amongst colleagues that he worked with, amongst other young people that he worked mm -hmm. with, to me was truly shocking. So 
those are the stories that remain with you. Um, there are many people like him. Uh, there are many people that have experienced discrimination, either in employment or in provision of services. Mm -hmm. As I said, the 27 people that we mm -hmm. settled cases for. But behind those numbers are individual stories mm -hmm. of heartache, of embarrassment, of fear, and of putting people's um, confidence about their sexual orientation back many years mm -hmm. just by simple acts of discrimination by people who don't understand, who don't want to understand what mm -hmm. a person is experiencing. And I think that's something that's being reflected a lot at the moment in terms of uh, hate crime. Mm -hmm. uh, in Northern Ireland we are seeing an increase, mm -hmm. particularly in mm -hmm. harassment. Mm -hmm. um, even during lockdown mm -hmm. we saw nearly a 30% increase in uh, homophobic mm -hmm. crimes uh, and about a 10% increase in transphobic crimes. Mm -hmm. So even in mm -hmm. this most unusual mm -hmm. year that we've had in terms of, mm -hmm. of lockdown and people mm -hmm. being stuck at home, mm -hmm. that harassment was still happening. Mm -hmm. um, harassment was still happening in our shops and our, mm -hmm. our restaurants that were open mm -hmm. and our workplaces and around people's homes as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a, a really big growing issue yeah. and how important it is, like you say, when people perceive it, mm -hmm. that they can reach out and have a conversation with the Equality mm -hmm. Commission or with the Rainbow Project mm -hmm. about what has happened mm -hmm. and we will be able to assist them going forward with advice and like you say, mm -hmm. in most circumstances it can be resolved quite yeah. quickly mm -hmm. uh, but there are those cases such as the ones you, you've mm -hmm. talked about where it will take a little bit mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. There are significant issues where people have been denied services mm -hmm. based on their sexual orientation mm -hmm. or gender identity and we will have to take steps forward mm -hmm. in order to put a marker in the sand but also flag up a significant failing mm -hmm. uh, by organisations mm -hmm. and by mm -hmm. statutory uh, bodies as well. Yeah. And, and ju just following on from that Ashlyn, really it is important that um, where a person feels that they've been discriminated against that they feel that they have a voice mm -hmm. because our experience of dealing with individuals shows that once they take their case and once they feel that they have challenged the discrimination they really have a strong sense that they've done the right thing mm -hmm. that they have taken the courage to challenge it and have got an outcome that's best for them so I can't stress enough to you the sense of achievement that people have from challenge and discrimination. Yes, it shouldn't have happened to them. Yes, it was wrong. But when they do use their voice and challenge discrimination, they get that sense of dignity back mm -hmm. and they also get that sense of individual pride that they themselves have said no that mm -hmm. they're not allowed to be treated in that way and they have done something about it. And I think that's really significant, that taking back of control, mm -hmm. that power balance mm -hmm. coming back to the person. But it's also, you know, that's why it's important to chat with you today, mm -hmm. to talk to people who maybe aren't mm -hmm. that secure mm -hmm. or have the resilience to put mm -hmm. their head above mm -hmm. the parapet to actually say, when those incidences happen, you will be supported mm -hmm, mm -hmm. through that. Yeah. You will have advice from mm -hmm. ourselves in the Rainbow Project with our advocacy service, mm -hmm. right through to mm -hmm. the Equality Commission with yourselves, mm -hmm. and we will support them mm -hmm. the whole way through mm -hmm. the journey, mm -hmm. whatever journey mm -hmm. that might be, mm -hmm. whether that leads to a tribunal and a settlement or, mm -hmm. or right through to, mm -hmm. to where cases have been taken in yeah. the past. And I know one of the concerns that 
individuals may have is about the use of their name mm -hmm. and publicity being attracted to their yeah. case and perhaps they're not, not comfortable uh, with everyone knowing their sexual orientation and there is protection in the in the legislation uh, under the tribunal rules for anonymity mm -hmm. so if a person feels that um, it would be against their human rights to name them in bringing a case they can apply to the tribunal to have their case anonymized and the tribunal will balance their rights and their concerns and ev any evidence they have about the potential impact of naming them so that they their rights will be protected mm -hmm. and that they wouldn't feel comfortable in, in bringing the case forward. Mm -hmm. So I would urge people not to be discouraged by the fear of their name being used or publicity for their case. Mm -hmm. There are ways and means of managing that to make sure someone's privacy and any concerns they have about their, their, their safety or their personal safety or the confidentiality of their sexual orientation, that that can be protected. Mary, you've talked about um, people having anonymity mm -hmm. around cases, but when is it beneficial for the Equality Commission, say, to perhaps publicise the mm -hmm. fact that they're taking a case? Well, we will always work closely with the individual concerned um, to ensure that they're comfortable with, with whatever publicity we're going to do in their case. We work in partnership with the individual. So for example, you may have seen a case recently of Rory Harbinson, mm -hmm. um, who was employed by a trust and who was discriminated against in relation to the removal of pride posters mm -hmm. from his workplace. Now Rory uh, agreed with the Commission that he wanted to tell a story, mm -hmm. that he wanted to talk about the discrimination and he wanted to make sure that this didn't happen to anyone else. So he agreed to take part in our publicity, to raise awareness of the discrimination, to let other people know about their rights mm -hmm. and, and to help uh, to people to know that they can challenge discrimination, mm -hmm. but also equally to allow employers to know that uh, when things go wrong, that it has very significant consequences, mm. both for the individual and for the organisation. So we're there to try and raise awareness of individual rights, mm. but also to encourage employers and service pr providers to take proactive action, mm. not to wait until something like this goes wrong, but instead to think about what are their policies and procedures? Mm. How do they train staff? How do they create the right culture mm. in their organisation to make sure these things don't happen, that they don't go wrong? Mm. Uh, because if they do, then there are significant personal consequences mm. for the individual. Um, our individuals would always say, this is never about the money. Mm -hmm. All the money in the world wouldn't pay you for being subjected to unlawful discrimination. Mm. It's about change it's about making things better for other people mm -hmm. and there's a sense of community particularly amongst lgbtq mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. to make sure that other people don't have to suffer what they suffered in the past so it's about moving mm -hmm. and growing forward together absolutely and i think by raising awareness around particular issues like you say 
when it affects one person within the LGBT mm -hmm. community, it tends to have a ripple mm -hmm. effect mm -hmm. in terms of them feeling persecuted or mm. othered mm. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and that can exacerbate a lot mm. of issues within the community so that's why it's really important like you said to highlight those mm. issues to mm. say this is wrong mm. we're calling it out mm. and we're going to take action on it mm. uh, do you actually ever see an increase in inquiries when when things are public very much so whenever we have publicity in the case frequently we'll have people um, ringing up after it saying that happened to me and sometimes what can be really frustrating is that it's maybe happened a very long time ago and it's outside the, the legal time limits and you're thinking oh I wish that person had known about the discrimination mm -hmm. at an earlier stage knowing that they could pick up the phone mm -hmm. to either the Equality Commission or to Rainbow and talk to people and seek help and advice mm -hmm. because only through challenge and discrimination can change really take place. And again, when we want to try and put a stop to that discrimination or that harassment working uh, in, in workplaces, do you work with employers? Do you work with service providers in terms mm. of looking at their policies? Mm developing with them webinars training and things mm -hmm. like that yes yeah, so i work in the legal team in the commission but it, within the commission there's another team called the advice and compliance team mm -hmm. and what they do is they provide free training materials policy guidance webinars to employers and service providers they're there to help employers to make sure that they know the law, mm -hmm. they know their obligations under the law, and they know what to do. So they'll give them free um, training, they will give them uh, model guidance procedures, mm -hmm. and they will uh, develop, develop webinars for employers and service providers to help them to know what they should be doing to prevent discrimination mm -hmm. taking place. It's all about prevention, and we're there to help and support and guide employers and service providers to ensure that they are aware of their rights and obligations under the legislation across all areas and that they take the right steps at the right time to make sure this doesn't happen to them. Thank you so much, Mary, for taking no. the time to come and talk to me today. No problem. If you have any further questions uh, in regards to what the Equality Commission do or the Rainbow Project do. Uh, we will be posting some information after the event uh, in how to contact the Equality Commission and contact uh, the Rainbow Project Advocacy Service. Mary, I want to thank you again for thank joining us much. today and thank happy you. Pride. And happy Pride to you, Ashley. Happy Pride, everybody. Bye bye.